It's tough, man, and it'll it'll humble some guys real quick. It'll make you, it'll it'll check yourself and uh, really make sure that if all 11 guys aren't doing their job, if all 11 guys aren't on the same page, uh, how quickly it can turn like that. They still have a very good defense, especially at home, in the noise. You know, Chandler Jones will be a problem for anybody. Marcus Golden's getting healthy again. He's had double-digit sacks. Uh, I think Hassan Reddick is an up-and-coming player. Patrick Peterson is still. Highly, highly decorated as a shutdown corner. So they have the ingredients on all three levels to be a really good defensive team and get after you. It'll be a great challenge for us. We're looking forward to it. What's up, football fans? It's time for another episode of Vegas Nation. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, and today I'm joined with Gilbert Manzano and our Raiders beat writer Michael Gelkin, who is in Oakland, as he always is. Michael, uh, it's not been quite the week that we've thought it would be out there. The team didn't practice this week. Um, the fires are still burning up north in Butte County, um, north of Oakland, and you are embedded there. How how are things up there right now? What's the weather like? How is it affecting the players? And more importantly, like what's the emotion like with all of this going on, is it kind of weighing heavy on the team? It's crazy just seeing, I mean, it's, the reminders are daily about, you know, the smoke, air quality, the visibility. You go to your car in the morning and there may be some ash particles on it. Uh, there is no mistaking what is happening about 140 miles northeast of the Raiders practice facility. And uh, let's be clear, and I spoke to Lee Smith about this. Uh, the, the team's tight, uh, blocking tight end. Uh, just, but the uh, the reality of what's happening, you know, right now the count is at least 56 fatalities because of the fire. You know, thousands of homes. I mean, all these families who've been displaced. Uh, it's just, it's tragic, and so uh, it certainly puts in perspective what's going on. Uh, with a one and eight season, they had the practice on on Wednesday. Thursdays was canceled. The team took a police escort while they were on their buses uh, to an offsite location for their indoor walkthrough. That was about all they could do. And over the course of Thursday, the air quality just worsened to the point of un very. Un it was unhealthy weather in terms of air quality this past Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers. It was very unhealthy. Uh, in, in terms of the official EPA designation on Thursday afternoon, uh, it, it was uh, just just awful air quality, and so schools are being shut down on on Friday. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders aren't practicing that day either. Uh, it's just uh, it's a testament to the, the real tragedy which is happening north of the team. And you had actually tweeted the air quality being at very unhealthy. It shows an air quality index at 217, which is really bad for anybody that isn't of perfect health. It's bad for people who are exerting a lot of energy. It's bad for anyone with issues as it is. And, you know, I, I uh, actually, on a personal note, you know, my youngest brother, he's out there and he's a firefighter. So he is out there um, tending to this fire and trying to, you know, uh, 
go through what's left of some of the cities up north, uh, Paradise being completely devastated. Actually, my grandmother, um, she had a house up there, but she's you know no longer with us, but she did have a house there, so I am familiar with the area, and it's, it's just devastating. It's very sad. Um, I'm hoping that this team can find whatever it is that they need to get through um, everything that's happened. I, I know that's got to be weighing on them somewhat. And I think, you know, when we get to it a bit later here in the show, we'll hear from Lee Smith, the tight end for the Oakland Raiders, and he's going to discuss a bit about what uh, the effect is on the team from this fire. So um, thank you for getting that audio that we will have later in the show. But we do have a big contest here for the Raiders coming up in week 11. The Raiders are going to go on the road. So getting away from all of that and getting into the Cardinals home turf, this is going to be their, let's say that's been eight years, I'm sorry, excuse me, four years since they last met in the regular season. Uh, Arizona two and seven right now, the Raiders one and eight, and uh, Arizona won their last contest 24 to 13. So we're going to see these two teams compete. And this is going to be, I think, much more evenly matched contest for the Raiders than what we have seen in the past. I know a lot of fans right now are being very hard on the team. Uh, I've seen on social media that a lot of them are saying, just throw in the towel, let's focus on the draft, forget about the season. Uh, even the local station here, KLAS, has pulled the plug on airing this week's game. It's going to be the Chargers versus the Broncos. Uh, that's airing on that station instead. So here the Raiders will not be on the air. But you can always find the Vegas Nation podcast here on ReviewJournal.com. Those are always up there. So always give it a check and look and see for all the updated episodes. But right now, what is, where is the team's focus, Michael? What... As we get into this breakdown of this week 11 meeting between the Cardinals and the Raiders, um, how are they kind of looking at the rest of the season? We saw Derek Carr last week on a fourth down play. It was fourth down five yards ago, and he kind of just threw the ball into the the ground. And I know a lot of people booed at that. They, They saw it kind of as a sign of just like quitting, so to speak, even though Carr had a different explanation for that. But what can you tell us about how the team is dealing and what did Carr have to say exactly about that fourth down play? Well, as it relates to the fourth and five, you know, Derek, you know, the design of the play was it for it to be a screenplay to running back Jalen Richard. And unfortunately, Jared Cook, who was supposed to kind of ship as part of his route uh, defender and kind of help free up Jalen Richard to get into the right flat. Uh, that, that contact, that screen, whatever, uh, didn't didn't happen. And so the, the essentially Jalen Richard was was draped in coverage. It took him a little while to get through the V gap there, and then when he ended up getting there, there just he was covered. And so uh, that was more or less that. Like that was the play's design. Uh, Jory Nelson wasn't doing too much on their side of the field. They're just uh, wasn't a lot to that play. Uh, there was kind of the first, second, and third option was to get the ball to Jalen Richard, and that didn't happen. And Melvin Ingram, the Raiders, or pardon me, the Chargers defensive end, was bearing down on Derek Carr. And so really Derek Carr had two options. He could either uh, try to shake off Melvin Ingram and probably be sacked like he was earlier in the game, or he could do what he did, which was to throw the ball away. Given it was fourth and five, given it was late in the fourth quarter, some people would rather see Derek Carr just take the sack. And I think that's an interpretation that 
you could really argue. Greg Olson, the team's offensive coordinator, made that argument on Thursday that he wouldn't have mind seeing Derek try to do more with his legs. But John Gruden on Monday on that very same play took responsibility for why that play did not work and said that Derek Hart had been for Tinkerton. It wouldn't have mattered. Uh, So that was his explanation. It was just a bad play, bad design, and Derek Carr looked bad at trying to execute it when it just wasn't there. And Carr is searching for a touchdown. The Raiders hoping to score a touchdown. They haven't had one in two games. You've got the wide receivers banged up. We already know that Martavis Bryant will not play. We don't know yet about Jordy Nelson's status. He's had a bone bruise on his knee. Uh, We have some new players, though, who have been brought up from the practice squad, promoted to the regular lineup. So, Michael, what can you tell us about the Raiders' wide receiver situation? A bit what it's been this season really throughout and that's a mess it's almost surprising I think when you look at Derek Carr's numbers I was surprised to see that he's completing more than 70 percent of his passes and that he's actually look at his yards per attempt it's it's there on top of his career highs I mean it's it's right there so uh, despite trading Amari Cooper despite Jordy Nelson's I would say inconsistency in terms of just not being a real game record for the team Martavis Bryant coming and going, and now with Bryant out with a PCL injury, and Jordy Nelson, he's dealing with that knee contusion, as you mentioned. Uh, he was able to play through that in the second half. Uh, unclear, again, whether or not he'll be able to go Sunday in Glendale, Arizona, but uh, the Raiders are looking to rely on Marcel Aitman, a rookie seventh-round pick out of Oklahoma State, uh, somebody they really liked. He's six foot four, so it gives a, a size component, uh, but obviously his lack of NFL action paired with rookie Saeed Blacknell, an undrafted rookie who was promoted from the practice squad. He could be active as well. It's not an ideal situation to put potentially two players into the receiver core for the first time at once, but the Raiders have a lot of confidence in both players. Certainly Marcel Aitman, he was somebody who was running with the first team at times in Napa during the club's training camp, and by multiple people saying so uh, we don't have too much access to practice but you know they feel like Aitman's continued to make strides over the course of this regular season despite him starting on the practice squad uh, for the first several games and then uh, a few weeks ago he got promoted uh, immediately following the trade of Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys and so this is actually going to be only the fourth Raiders game that Marcel Aitman has attended this regular season. Uh, He didn't go to the home games. He didn't travel when he was on the practice squad. And then he was on the sideline these past three games, uh, two of which were in Oakland. The other one was in San Francisco. So all regular season, this will be his first time uh, truly on a plane with the team for a game. And obviously now he'll be seeing the field as well. I actually read your article on him that you had put out in the paper this week. And he, this guy, like you said, he wasn't traveling with the team, but he opted to watch at home, though I guess there is a room you can watch from at, at, a, at the games, but he, he had to stay at home. He was watching, and he said it was kind of weird because he could just flip over to another game and, and then go back and see what was going on with the Raiders. But he seems to uh, really kind of fit in the offense. I, I do remember him going through the reps out there in Napa, and he's uh, got quite a bit of height on him, doesn't he? Six foot four. Yeah, he's a big guy. That's yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's one of those physical traits where if you can play up to your size, you can gain a quarterback's trust very quickly. You know, you, you might be covered 
uh, at least a, a smaller wide receiver might be covered. But given your height advantage, uh, if quarterback can feel comfortable throwing to you in those 50-50 type of situations, uh, that's certainly how Marcel Aitman can endear himself to Derek Carr. And what does the rest of the injury report kind of look like right now? I, I saw some familiar names on the injury report. Uh, can you tell us about anything that was really notable that could affect the Raiders going into this contest against the Cardinals? Oh, no, they actually are looking pretty good. Um, Bart- Martinez, Bryan, and Jordy Nelson are the only two that have been missing practice. They have five players who have been listed as limited. Um, you know, we see like you know, a regular in terms of center Rodney Hudson. He's dealing with an ankle injury that he suffered way back in week one. Still not right. They're still taking care of him. Cornerback uh, Garon Conley is dealing with a growing ailment of some source. And another cornerback, Daryl Worley, has a shoulder injury. So, uh, again, those are issues that aren't expected to affect either their ability, whether or not it affects their effectiveness. Uh, that we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but in any event, uh, we did see a player in Rashawn Melvin get reintroduced to the lineup this past Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers. He was a healthy scratch the previous two games. And then the game before in London against the Seattle Seahawks on October 14th, he only saw seven defensive snaps. And so it was 31 this past Sunday. He got back into the rotation and perhaps um, based on what he's shown in practice and given Conley and Worley are less than 100%, perhaps we will see his involvement continue here as the season winds down. And uh, they are facing, you know, again, Josh Rosen, a guy out of UCLA. I think he and uh, Colton Miller were there together for a couple years. So uh, both picked this year as rookies in the draft. I think Rosen 10th overall, and then the uh, Raiders picked up Colt Miller by uh, about five picks later. But uh, I, I think, you know, he's been very pressured as of late, uh, Josh Rosen. You know, he's had, uh, let's see, seven interceptions and three fumbles, but he only lost two of those but, uh, in the past four weeks. So when you have that, he's a guy that he's uh, been hit quite a bit. I believe I read the 10th most hit quarterback. He's had 57 hits on him over the season. Now the Raiders, as we know, haven't really been able to pressure their opponents. Um, they, they've only had eight sacks on the season. But when you look at a guy like Rosen who hasn't had time to be comfortable in the pocket, I don't know if this is the game where he's finally going to be able to kind of breathe behind the line. Um, But on the flip side, Derek Carr is probably going to have quite a day going up uh, against Chandler, Chandler Jones. He's had more sacks than the Raiders entire team when you look at it with just by a small technicality because he has eight and a half sacks on the season so uh, I think uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup um, between uh, as far as which quarterback is going to be able to flourish Um, I'm curious to see how Rosen performs uh, against this Raider defense that hasn't really at all stood out uh, throughout the season and I want to see if you know Mo Hurst can kind of pick up on what he's been doing because he's been doing some good things for the team he's uh just nabbed his uh I think third sack on the season when he uh sacked Phillip Rivers last week and that kind of brought up that total for the Raiders to eight so um he's somebody that I think may be able to to bring up the pressure um is is he kind of looking like somebody that is falling into that role. And um, also I heard that uh, I think Justin Ellis 
could be activated soon. Do you have any idea about when he may be coming back? Uh, sure. Uh, I spoke with Justin Ellis on Thursday, and he told me that he's going to be returning to practice next week. Uh, that is, of course, a development that he's been waiting for quite some time to say. Uh, he suffered a foot strain early in the third quarter of the Raiders' season opener way back in September 10th against the Los Angeles Rams. And so ever since then, he's been resting, he's been rehabbing. Uh, this was a critical week in his recovery where uh, on, you know, I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there were three consecutive days where they just ramped up his physical activity. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And just to see how his body responds, doing a lot of football type of movements. And as long as he would make it through those three days, the, the team felt comfortable with him being on track to resume practice shortly. And that is where he is. He was able to go through those days. And Ellis is, is again, expected to be returning next week. He's on injury reserve, but any NFL team can activate up to two players off of IR in a given season, Justin Ellis will be the first that the Raiders do so with. And on the other other hand, we were talking about Eddie Vanderdose last week, uh, but I don't know what exactly happened. I don't know if you know what happened, but it seems like he's going to remain on the uh, pup list, the physically unable to perform list for the rest of the season. Uh, the deadline passed for the Raiders to activate him. So what happened there? Was there a setback as far as you know, or had you heard anything about why he's going to remain there? No setback other than the one that he experienced in early August while the Raiders were at training camp. Uh, that really set him back in terms of they thought he was going to be ready week one. They thought, they thought if anything, they were being, you know, taking extra precautions by him not being ready to start a training camp. Eddie Vanderdose felt for a while that he'd be ready for the start of training camp. And then um, he works to the side of the start of camp, has a setback. And then so he began the season on the PUP list, physically unable to perform list. Teams were going pretty well uh, during his three weeks of being able to practice with the team. But he would be the first one to tell you that he wasn't his old self from a football standpoint. Uh, physically, he was getting closer to 100%. Sean Gruden said he wasn't 100%. I think Eddie felt he was doing okay there. But there was just a ton of rust there. And so how much playing time would he really be able to give you? Uh, you might be allowing him to you know, provide something of a base off which to build for, for this upcoming offseason. But if he's going to go out there and not really be flying around, uh, is it really worth it putting him out there? I mean, cause you have to just keep in mind, he suffered this ACL in the fourth quarter of the final game of last season on, on New Year's Eve against the L.A. Chargers. And what was going to be a great offseason for him in terms of he knew he was going to go train in Los Angeles and he was going to review all of his 2017 games footage, which is more than 400 snaps. And he was going to go to Arizona and reunite with a coach who trained him leading up to the NFL Combine. Uh, all this uh, Vanderdose wanted to do following a season which he was before which he was a third-round pick out of UCLA. Unfortunately, uh, he just couldn't get back to that level. And so uh, it just came down to really uh, the Raiders, if they were going to bring him back, they wanted to bring him back, believing he could help their football team. And at this Puncture when evaluated what his three week practice looked like. Uh, they felt like Eddie probably couldn't help them real realistically anytime soon. And by putting him out there, they thought they wouldn't be helping 
Vanderdose in doing so. Well, they could certainly use the boost right now in run D or, or even uh, just, you know, the pressure on the line. But it's going to have to wait, it seems, unless somebody else can uh, be the bright spot there. But again, like I said, Mohurst, he, he's looking pretty decent. He's bringing the pressure. He looked good uh, getting to Phillip Rivers last week. So we'll see if he can make something of that and do it again. But uh, right now, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about the other side, the Raiders offense. Uh, we were able well, Michael was able to actually speak with Lee Smith a little bit in the locker room. You were able to talk to the tight end, Michael, about just, again, the, the sad circumstance that the Raiders have um, been in with all of the wildfires happening in California, especially the one that's affecting uh, their ability to practice. And even Gruden touched on it a bit uh, in, when he spoke with the media um, just on Wednesday, and he had mentioned that you know, some of the players uh, did have uh, some issue with the smoke when they played the last uh, game against the Chargers there, but it wasn't ma- a big issue. It was just that some of them needed more oxygen. But I think Lee Smith really touched on the bigger picture when you spoke to him. And, uh, man, Lee Smith, he, he's just somebody, I think, that really – he was very insightful and he really put just everything kind of into perspective. And so I would like right now, um, unless you wanted to say anything more about the interview that you had with him to hear from Lee Smith about how some of these uh, wildfires have kind of affected the team. Yeah, let's not get it twisted. Uh, A one-win season, you know, disappointment, you know, having to move practice, that in the big in the grand scheme of life it doesn't matter <laughs> um you know everybody wants to and of course it's media driven and this is a production-based business and it's an entertainment business and everyone loves it you know and we're paid to, to win but at the same time regardless of what goes on in the nfl it doesn't matter when it comes to to life in the real world i have four babies at home and a beautiful wife and i couldn't imagine you know any of them being trapped in a, in a burning home or any of my family members losing their lives so or you know not only losing their life but you know leaving for work I left for work this morning all I had on was my clothes so if you know my house burned down and me and my wife and our children all we had with the clothes on our back I'd say that might be a little worse than you know losing a football game or having to move practice across town so so yeah man uh, I try to never lose perspective obviously it's my job to be the best football player I can be but at the same time I'm never going to lose perspective and complain and act like you know I have it rough because there's a little smoke outside or because we're losing football games when people are losing their lives I can't imagine uh, the struggle those people are going through down there you know me and my wife and kids try to try to pray for each and every person down there suffering every night so um, you know I think Aaron Rodgers touched on it a bunch the other day I think Aaron's from down in that area so I think no different than the hurricane in uh and, and flooding in Houston and the hurricanes in Florida and everything that's happened around our league. Uh, that's the great thing about this business is it's a lot of great men that are passionate about others. And normally the NFL rallies to do all they can in times like this. So, um, you know, how about we, we print some positivity every once in a while and, and talk about the good things this league does for people uh, in times of struggle instead of, uh, you know, what happens on the football field. And again, that was Lee Smith touching on the wildfires and how it uh, 
really taken an effect um, in California, not so much just on the team, but I think he had a great way of putting things into perspective and, and really seeing the bigger picture. And it is about the people that are going through this more so than it is about any football game. So I appreciate his being honest there. And I think that he really kind of helped me to realize, yeah, you know, we've been talking about it a lot. Like they even had the moment of silence at the the game um, for those lost during the Chargers game. So I think for, on the other hand, though, it will be nice for the Raiders as a team, as a unit to maybe draw from this, pull together um, and, and just hopefully when they get over to Arizona, they can see things uh, maybe in a different light, maybe hopefully some of this you know there's a positive to be taken from everything and i'm just hoping that um people can really uh is get through everything that's happened in california it's been a real rough week in california from just everything that's happened in socal to norcal so my heart goes out to all of those out there and uh yeah lee smith again ran of great words and i uh, appreciated that you got him michael and that you were able to get that interview with him so. Yeah, it's well, yeah, he's he's one of those guys where when John Gruden on Thursday morning he met with uh, players at a, at a team meeting, and Gruden mentioned what was going on in Butte County, and guys by large knew, you know, guys understood the smoke. I mean, they'd been there on Sunday uh, and, and, and played through it. I mean, starting last week on that Thursday and then on into Friday. I mean, it was very evident what was happening you know that there's smoke again i say again because last year with the fires in napa and sonoma and how adversely that affected their quality i mean it's it's become something of a annual thing and that obviously isn't making light of it uh, last year it was the deadliest wildfire in california history and a year later it's been outdone uh, so it's just it's shocking but uh, gruden you know, spoke to players about it just to give them perspective of, you know, it's, you know, we, we find ourselves moping around this building, but this is what true tragedy looks like. And players like Lee Smith and, and so many others, you know, they, um, they appreciate that level of perspective, that level of consciousness of as much as John Gruden is all about football. He takes the time to make sure that his players appreciate the big picture outside of the building. And so I think it does help give the team perspective, but obviously, you know, guys like Lee Smith, they don't need, um, you know, they, 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 within themselves as men, they have perspective in their lives. And so, um, you know, they were thinking about the fires and the victims, you know, all, everybody affected communities. Um, they were thinking about them uh, well before Gruden had his words Thursday morning. Yeah, and on that note, we want to, you know, hopefully see a good solid game played out of the Raiders. We want to see these guys uh, muster up something for the end of the season. But Gilbert, in the circumstance that they're not, in the case that they are not going to put another win on that win column <laughs> uh, against these Cardinals, you know, uh, I would like to bring in Gilbert Manzano right now, one of our NFL writers who can discuss a bit more about the NFL draft and what the Raiders can do in this first round. Again, they have three first round picks. Uh, this something pretty historical um, for them to have that many picks in the first round. And Gilbert, what can you tell us about some of the best prospects that are out there? And uh, who do you have on tap for the Raiders to give, an eye, give a look to? 
Well, first of all, hi, Heidi, and hi, Michael. Hopefully, you guys, you guys are doing very well. But uh, I know it's kind of tough right now for the Raiders. They're 1-8, and eight, but it's not all bad. They have the first overall pick in next year's draft. The Giants beat the, the Niners. I'm sorry, Heidi, you're, you like the Niners. But it helps out the Raiders, so they have the, currently the number one pick right now. That's some good news for once, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, for this team, that's huge. That's very huge. And that's what I was saying in the beginning. You know, some fans at this point, I don't think they want to see the Raiders win. I think they want to hold yeah. on to that pick. So um, if, you know, you're looking at that, that the Raiders do get the number one pick, we touched a little bit on some prospects last week, like Nick Bosa and how he can fit in. Um, who else... Have you got your eye on there that you think can be somebody that could help the Raiders and make an immediate impact? Yeah, since I guess I'm the, the college insider now. So for this Saturday, I, I made sure to kind of focus on the quarterbacks. I was trying to avoid the quarterbacks because they're quarterbacks. Car- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know for Michael, he's, he's thinking, why quarterbacks? But when you haven't scored a touchdown in two games and you've been outscored 75 to 9 in the past nine quarters, you got to at least take a look at quarterback. I'm not saying give up on their car, but just kind of see what's out there. So I kind of you know, did some scouting, and, and I checked it out. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how this draft turns out, but I'll give you guys a, a, a small sample. Uh, the one that's top three right now, that because you know, the Raiders have number one pick, that they could go after is uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Oregon quarterback. He's kind of the, the prize guy that people want, it seems like. You know, when you have the, 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 the Raiders and the Niners 1-2, and two, you got Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, so it seems like number three for the Giants. I could take them there. But if you're the Raiders, you might consider Justin Herbert. I know he's a junior, so he might come back uh, for a senior year, so that's kind of an iffy thing. But if you look down the line, there's uh, Drew Locke uh, from Missouri, also a guy, Will Greer from West Virginia, also another guy. When they have three picks, these are other, other options. Uh, so maybe I'm not saying go number one overall, get the quarterback. But uh, they're number th- 13, 13 right now from the Cowboys from a Mark Cooper trade, number 25 from the Bears. But after studying this draft class, it's not that great. So maybe for Derek Carr, having a, a, a poor draft class coming in might benefit him and buy him one more extra year. But just from my scouting, from my Saturday duties, it doesn't look good for this draft class. I, I'm not so sure uh, that the Raiders would go to... Uh, uh, Justin Herbert, for instance, like guy out of Oregon. But I'm thinking that, uh, you know, as of right now, I think that Gruden does have a lot of faith in Carr. But I think that they do need a solid backup or somebody to groom. So I don't think that it would hurt to look at a quarterback. Michael, would you say that it's something that is possible? I think it would hurt them absolutely if they draft one in the first round. I think they'd be crazy. Um, not to dismiss anything that Gilbert's saying. I think it's, it's right <laughs> to look at the, the quarterbacks. And I think, as you said, Justin Herbert is probably, there's a good chance, it sounds like reportedly, that he's going to stay. Um, I know I've spoken to agents who have tried to recruit him, and they've walked away thinking, you know, this guy's staying in, in school. And I don't know, maybe that's maybe that'll shift, or maybe it already has shifted, but that's the last I heard. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I, I, there, this offense defense they've got to build a roster and trying to replace Derek Carr is not the way to do it even if you were to trade him I mean you're probably not getting maximum value out of him because of the offensive line he's assembled around him this year with two rookie offensive tackles you know Colt Miller fantastic when healthy but he hasn't really been healthy in quite some time and so it just uh, to me uh, I think they're going to go 
defense, offense, you know, somewhere in between, but it won't include a quarterback in, in round one. And, you know, it's certain teams, if, if they don't have, you know, a, a, a capable young developing backup, they're totally fine with that. You know, if they just have a veteran, kind of like an EJ Manuel that the Raiders had last year, uh, they're they're comfortable with just that setup and carrying only two quarterbacks. And so uh, whether or not that's what the Raiders do, I, I don't know. But um, I don't think they necessarily need to feel pressure to develop somebody behind a still quite young Derek Carr. I think it's going to be more about trying to get him and this entire roster more help so they can actually be competitive next year. Just my <laughs> two cents. I'll be shocked, but it could happen. But I really don't think it will. Yeah, no, Mike, I think we're, I'm, we're, I'm we're on the same page. I just, I just felt like maybe just take a look. But also another uh, maybe a unique thing that could help him out is hopefully for the Raiders, maybe Justin Herbert does come out, say a team maybe in the, in the later part of the draft or maybe top 10 or 11, they want to trade up with the Raiders and they'll, they'll take Justin Herbert number one and the Raiders move down. So that could give them more options. No doubt. And hopefully if they were to trade down, they would get more than what they got this past draft when they traded with the Arizona Cardinals, moved back five spots, got, I believe, a fifth-round pick and a third-round pick. That's right. A third-round pick, of course, we remember what they did with that. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't worked out, uh, but Martavis Bryant was was the acquisition there going into the final year of his contract. And, you know, just because of the matchup that they have that's coming up here, uh, again, the Cardinals versus the Raiders happening this Sunday uh, in Arizona, Larry Fitzgerald was almost a Raider. 2004 draft could have been the Raiders guy I read an article wow yeah I read an article that you know the Raiders had the number two pick and the Cardinals had the three pick let, let me guess was it Robert Gallery yep I would say Robert Gallery wasn't that yep. yeah that, that was the that guy did, that did not work out <laughs> <laughs> no it did not work out and uh Fitzgerald goes to the Cardinals in the three spot and has just recently you know passed a big milestone and uh, that being that he surpassed Terrell Owens for second most receiving yards in NFL history. Wow. And this Sunday against the Raiders, he only needs eight catches to surpass Jerry Rice for the most receptions ever with a single team. Jeez. That, that's, that's rare company to kind of have a record with Jerry Rice who owns every record by far and for receiving. The best, the best, <laughs> best as far as records go. Anyway, um, you know Jerry Rice is like a huge one when it comes to uh, catches. Um, the total, I think he's way up there, and Larry Fitzgerald has quite a ways to go to catch him there. I, w- I wonder if Fitzgerald has like a revenge game every time he sees the Raiders. Like you didn't take me, so I'm going to go all out. <laughs> well, I remember in the article that I read, and gosh, I wish I, I had written down where I read this article just to credit it. Um, but I want to say it was the. Arizona Cardinals website and that uh, Larry Fitzgerald said that he actually got a call right when they were going to take Robert Gallery and he explained to him why they weren't going that route to take a wide receiver that they wanted to tackle more at that point so he said it was a very classy move yeah. and that he had no ill will yeah they missed out there on Fitzgerald so it's been a while was that 14 to 15 years ago that's right 15. 2004 draft that was eli manning was mm-hmm, number one mm-hmm. or and roethlisberger for, yeah. and rivers so notable well, draft I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to i'm trying to imagine that moment because when you're at the nfl draft and you're in the draft room you're just waiting for that phone to ring and larry's like oh hey hi we're not drafting you and this is why <laughs> <laughs> i wonder how that went over but don't be mad <laughs> Or if it was, was it after the fact? Was it right before? I'm curious. I don't know. I, I believe I, it I had re- said right before. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. That's classy, though. I, I like that. 
right before that they had announced Robert Gallery as a tackle. Was it like, it's not you, it's me kind of thing? You know, that, that type of talk? <laughs> no, it was just the, you're not what I'm looking for right now kind of thing. <laughs> but so. for somebody else, you're special. <laughs> yes. For Arizona, that was special. <laughs> yes. And it has been. And, you know, the the Cardinals team, for what it's worth, you know, um, the, the David Johnson right now, He's somebody that's kind of coming back around. Uh, he seemed to be kind of a bust in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I have one of my fantasy teams. Uh, <laughs> but Byron Leftwich being the new OC yep. has been great. Absolutely. And that's somebody who has uh, found a way to really utilize him and to put him into the right role. So, again, we were talking about the Raiders' uh, interior uh, run defense earlier in the show. And uh, he's going to be a big piece for them to need to stop and uh i i don't know that this team is going to be able to hold a formidable enough line to do it uh and then again i don't know if david johnson is fully back but the last couple games he has looked good uh what do you feel like the keys to the game are for the raiders gilbert yeah for for the the First of all, the Raiders have a chance. Let's say that. It's I been, think it's, they it's, do. It's been a while. I know they're minus five and a half uh, underdogs. So they're in, they're going to Arizona, and Arizona does have a good, pretty, pa- a pretty good passing defense with uh, Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker. Uh, but I think Buda might be uh, hurt. But for an offense like the Raiders, who have not got anything going, this might be a game where they're also stalling. This could be a very low score. I think the Cardinals average thirteen point eight points per game. Yeah. The Raiders sixteen point three per game. Yeah. So it won't be a shootout. But actually, the Raiders defense a week ago, the, the defense was pretty good. Phillip Rivers didn't have a big day on them. Melvin Gordon was had a, a standout day. But if you get that same type of Raiders defense, they have a chance. But if you go, you know, break down positionally, it's not looking good for the Raiders. But they have advantage at quarterback. Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen is not having a good rookie year. Derek Carr has been a three-time Pro Bowler who has experience. So maybe that experience could help out the Raiders. I think getting the ball out quickly will be definitely a key for Carr. I know that he's kind of been checking it down, obviously, with Jalen Richard being your uh, leading receiver right now uh, out of the backfield at that. And uh, I, and also Jared Cook's had a fair share of yards accumulated this year as well. But the fact that he hasn't been able to really utilize any wide receiver. We, we saw flashes. We saw Jordy Nelson in Miami. He looked great. We've seen, long we've seen flashes. <laughs> but uh, if they can put it all together, uh, this could be a game that the Raiders could win and probably upset some fans by doing I was gonna so. Say, do, do you want to win? <laughs> Michael, what's your take on this game? And uh, where what are the keys to the game for the Raiders? I think it just comes down to forcing turnovers, um, fixing the football to a turnover ratio at large. You, know, you mentioned Josh Rosen and his struggles protecting the football. Uh, that's fairly common for a young quarterback, but the Raiders have struggled in that department. You know, the only game in which they've forced multiple takeaways was their lone win in the season against the Cleveland Browns when they forced four of them. And so it's a question of whether or not they can affect a rookie quarterback. They've done it once this season in Baker Mayfield. Can they do it again? Uh, it's entirely possible. I agree this is a winnable game. I think for our draft segment, this is probably a, you know, you talk about must-win games. It's kind of a must-lose game uh, <laughs> because it really could screw up the dynamic with the n- number one overall pick. But um, this is uh, definitely a winnable game, but I would define it by can the Raiders force a rookie quarterback into mistakes as they did in week four when they were last victorious. 
And from there, I think it's time for us to mail in our picks. I started first last week. I'm going to go to you, Michael. Who do you have winning this game? What is the outcome? What is the score? Um, I, I think I'm going to wait until the Raiders win one before I can actually pick them to win one. <laughs> and so um, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Let's call it 14-13. Uh, um, I think it's going to be a really exciting game. Wow. But <laughs> Raiders get a touchdown. Yeah, Raiders, yeah, Raiders get a touchdown. Uh, I, I honestly, when there are two teams that aren't close or that are close in terms of just both struggling, I, I tend to go with the veteran quarterback. Um, but I, I just, uh, at this point with the wide receiver core, what it is, and, and just the Raiders defense, their ability to make even a rookie quarterback look like a veteran, I'm going to go with the Cardinals on Sunday. Okay. And for you, Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they do have a chance. Let's repeat that for, for positive sake. Uh, but I'm going to go with Arizona uh, 17 to 10. I'll say they get a touchdown too, but I, I, I'm also with Michael. Like they have Derek Carr and, and they're going against Josh Rosen. So you usually want to take the veteran quarterback, but this offense is not been clicking and, the Cardinals' pass defense is probably, you know, top three in the NFL, so they're not going to get much going. And then, you know, we mentioned Byron Lethford taking over the offense for, for the Cardinals. Maybe they're getting better. And it's still the Raiders' defense. I don't I don't know if they were being frauds a week ago when they kind of contained the Chargers. Maybe they'll go back to their old ways, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals being at home and having a good defense taking care of the Raiders. Okay. And with the Cardinals D having 29 sacks on the season, wow. and poor Derek Carr, we've seen him sacked time after time after time in these games. I think that's going to be the key to this game is the Cardinals D uh, on both sides, the, the run and the against the past. And I, I think that uh, I'm going to give it a final score. I'm going to go with Cardinals 21, Raiders 13. So I'm going to give them a scoring a touchdown as well. And uh, uh, I, I just, again, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this, Michael, because I do feel like this is a winnable game for them, but I, I need to see it come to fruition first. I need to see the parts come together, <laughs> and I need to see how these the wide receiver and the depth chart really works out for them. And, uh, yeah, I don't know that they can bring it all together this week. So, again, all of us going Cardinals taking the win over the Raiders, and uh, we will definitely have all the coverage for you from Arizona. All three of us will be there this week. It'll be Gilbert down there. Yeah, I'm I there. will be there. Michael will be there. So can make sure to keep up with everything on ReviewJournal.com, and as well as the podcast. You can always find the podcast there, ReviewJournal.com slash podcasts, plural, with an S. Make sure you add the S or you won't find it. And give us a subscribe on iTunes so that you can keep up with all the latest episodes. So uh, you can also find us on Twitter at gmonzano 24 for Gilbert. Michael is Gelkin NFL, and I am Heidi Fang, at Heidi Fang on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. 